Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. Standing by the show, episode number 99. One away from 100. Uh, I didn't think that would ever happen, but here we are. Or I should I say, here I am, because I am by myself. You can play a little sad violin for uh, my co-host. Joe is at work today. He's unavailable. So, I was kind of hoping to do a live stream for today, but... Those of you who listened to Monday's episode know that um, YouTube came down hard on my YouTube account and I can't post anything or I can't stream anything for a whole week. Um, so hopefully next week we can do some kind of live stream. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I really I really enjoy doing the live streams um, because I'm able to kind of show some video elements and I'm able to kind of just show you guys more things than just over a traditional podcast. So uh, maybe we can do something next week on the next Friday if we if we're if um if they'll let if they'll let us you know we'll see um, I have to figure a way to talk about this um, illness without them blocking because every time I mention it on YouTube I, I get shelled I don't know what it is but it's the strangest things um, it, it obviously got my last one and then when I talked about the Joe Rogan controversy that got shelled but I've said way more controversial things than than that on this show and those are fine on youtube i don't know I, I'm, I'm saying something incorrectly on the um on this podcast and it goes to youtube i don't know but um hey guys thank you guys for so much for for, for tuning in to this episode of the stadium brothers show number episode number 99 i can't speak today <laughs> uh, I, need, I need i need joe here uh joe's the joe's the anchor to all this um but you can go and check out all the links down below to all of our cool stuff I know that we got a cool Patreon down there where you can listen to uh, the episodes a day early. If you um, if you shoot us a few bucks a month, good way to support the show. Also, get a cool T-shirt, something another way you can support the show. But it also you get to wear something, get get a nice cool swag. You can get that pretty cool um, Outrun logo on a T-shirt. I've got one and love it. So you can do that as well. Also, um, check out my Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at jstandard underscore. You can follow Joe at Joe Stanberg. Um, um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. I don't have a whole lot to talk about in this episode, um, mainly because I'm doing this kind of last minute. Um, it, it, this episode really did sneak up on me. The Friday ones kind of sneak up on me. I just I get so busy throughout the week. Um, but I'm having a pretty good week this week. Um, hope hope everybody else is as well. Uh, I'm trying to use this platform as a, maybe a little bit more bit of a chance to kind of spread some positivity and to spread um, a lot more love out there. I'm trying to white pull some people. That is really the message that I'm trying to spread. Not only it comes to things in politics and things going on in this world, but just just some just some genuine positivity and some genuine hope. Uh, I think that I think they were I think we're missing a lot of that in the world, and just 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 kindness. Uh, I think that that is the one thing that we are missing um, in this world um, towards towards like-minded people, but also people that are not like-minded. Uh, I, I just think that we need more of it. I think that we're missing it. I've been I've been trying to do that myself in my personal life. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. To, it's, not, it's not easy to forgive uh, those people who have uh, wronged you or uh, wronged your family. Uh, it, this is it's a struggle of mine, 
um, those of wrong friends and everybody else. It's, it's not easy, um, but it's something that um, I think that we're all called to do, and it's the take the higher ground and kill them with kindness. Um, that's I've I've been challenged. <laughs> I'll say that I've been challenged this past few weeks about that, and um, boy is it a uh, boy is it taxing. It's not it's not easy, but it's the right thing to do. And I think in the end, um, kindness and love will always win on that. So I guess some stories I want to talk about. Um, I got three big things I want to mention. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. It could be ten minutes. Could be an hour. Um, but we're we're gonna find out. And we're gonna see. So. I'm at, I'm at work today and I get a notification on my phone because I, I have my headphone just kind of listen to music and just uh, listen to some, I think I don't know, like some Oscar Peterson or like some jazz some, on today. I was just kind of vibing with that. Um, and then I get an update on my phone and it's from, I think it was the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, where it says um, that a Cleveland baseball team is uh, changing their name, which um, those of you who don't listen to the podcast, y- me and Joe are huge baseball fans. Um, it's my favorite sport. It's the, it's the one sport that I really say I can follow a lot. Like I go to a lot of, um, Atlanta United games, a lot of soccer games. Um, I like Atlanta United, even though they're complete trash this year. Um, but baseball is, baseball is my sport. Baseball is a sport that I can sit down and watch all day. I, I love me some baseball. Um, I, I went to a Braves game over the weekend or no, sorry, on Tuesday for the first time in well, I mean over a year because I haven't I didn't go to one last year. I was planning to go to a game last year, didn't go. So yeah, since 20, since 2019, man, is it nice to get to the ballpark? Ugh, you know, not a Braves fan. I went to the Padres. Not really a Padres fan either, but it was just good to go out and just watch the game being played. I love it. So for those of you who have been following baseball, know the Cleveland Indians announced last year they were going to be exploring the possibility of uh, changing their name because apparently the word Indian is. Uh, um, controversial and needs to be taken away. We saw this, of course, with the Washington Redskins. They took their name away, and I don't know if there's any other names that they're talking about mentoring, men, talking about uh, uh, changing in in reference to Native Americans or indigenous people. I, I don't know what to call. I don't know what the proper term to call them anymore is. I mean, to me, they were always just you know American Indians. That was that was colloquial or acceptable. But I guess now it's indigenous. I, I don't know. Next, next we're, next we're going to call them people who were here first. Uh, I, is that is that okay? In 20 years now, will my kids be saying, and we're learning the people who came here first? Um, because, you know, indigenous, um, that's 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 not okay. That, that's so 2020, Jacob. Bigot. Get with the, get with the times. It's 2041. <laughs> but no, so the Cleveland Indians have announced they're going to be changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians. Now, if that name doesn't sound extremely generic, well, because I mean it is, um, the Cleveland Guardians is probably the lamest uh, name that I could possibly think of. And I was, I mean, of course I was against the name change because the Cleveland Indians is, I mean, it's its over 100 years old. Uh, this name is, is cemented into the culture of, um, of uh, northern Ohio and into the city of Cleveland. It's been there for, like I said, over 100 years. And no one's had any issue with it until about mm, five years ago. So 95 years of, you know, everyone's fine with this name. Same thing with the Redskins and the Atlanta Braves, which are, I think the Braves are an older team than, than, the, uh, than the Cleveland Indians. 
and they've been the Atlanta Braves for the longest time, and they are they were in Milwaukee, and now they're in the South. I'm, I don't know, but they changed their name to the Cleveland Guardians, and I can't I can't post the image obviously because it's an audio only podcast, but the logo has to be one of the most. Well, when I saw this, I thought it was a minor league baseball team. I really did. I thought this was this this is the logo of a minor league baseball team that I was looking at, and this was all a joke. Because the logo is basically, it is a baseball with two G's and then angel wings behind it. And I guess it's supposed to be inspired by I think I think it's called the the Memorial Hope Bridge in Cleveland, which is a famous bridge um, in Cleveland that I've been on as well. There are these statues on it. They're called Guardians apparently, and then they have like this sort of crown thing on the side of their head that has these like wings coming off it and this is what they're going to be named after is these <laughs> figurines off a bridge I know very exciting go Cleveland bridge people yeah wait what I, I saw this and it, it, it made me sad it, it made me just kind of uh, took all the wind out of my sails um, because when I th- when I talked about, I don't even mention on this podcast, but I've mentioned to people who who follow baseball. I said that if they change the name of of the Cleveland Indians, of course I'm against that, and I I, I don't think they should. But do something cool with it. Like you have the Great Lakes, so there's there's plenty of things to name off of the Great Lakes. Because I mean, Cleveland. If you've been to Cleveland, it's right there on the Great Lakes. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is right there. Awesome. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If I mean, you got to be a music. I would say if you were more inclined to know a lot about music and all the different bands and the different artists who've come before, past, past and present, love Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But it's right there on the on on, on the Great Lake, and so was so was um, Jacobs Field. I don't call it Progressive Field; it it, it is Jacobs Field to me. Not only because it's named after me, but uh, that's a classic ballpark. My favorite ballparks ever. I love that stadium. It's so so pretty, and it's right there in downtown Cleveland. Cleveland's a pretty cool city. But Cleveland is really, really known for um, rock and roll. Um, some of the some of the radio stations that came out of Cleveland were the first ones to play rock and roll. That's why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. It's not like in L.A. or Nashville. It's in Cleveland. It's because the history of rock music in Cleveland. Do something with that. You know the song Cleveland Rocks? They play after every Indians game when they win. That You can do something with that. Like, I think there was a lot more to do with 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 the city's history of rock music than there was two bridge figurines. Maybe that's just me. I'm not I'm not for this change at all. Um, I I tweeted out today. I said I refuse to call them anything but the Indians. Like I'm going to uh, obviously once they start putting this guardians merch out which i will say the font is is very similar to the cleveland indians font, which i say is 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 at least at least that's a good thing um but i mean once they start releasing this guardians merchandise i'm going to be uh buying up all the indian stuff because i'm gonna keep it like i have two chief wahoo hats and i have a one regular um cap that has the C on it for Cleveland and it has the all-star patch because in 2019 they hosted the all-star game um, those two are going to become like I don't know like immortalized uh, fig- things soon 
Like I'm, I might stop wearing my Chief Wahoo hat because it's just they're just it's not gonna be the fine anymore. Like I went to the stadium in 2019, I couldn't find the Chief Wahoo stuff anywhere. Obviously, Chief Wahoo was phased out um, a couple of years. I think like in 2016, 2017, they they phased out the Chief Wahoo and went to the the boring C. Which I mean, I will say the C is not a terrible logo, but man, Chief Wahoo was was cl- classic and iconic. So uh, be be the lookout for that. As far as this, you know, we have to change the name because it's racist. Well, I'm going to give a quick little history lesson. Um, just briefly, just for people who don't who don't know. I think I mentioned this in the podcast many times about why the Indians are named the Indians. Um, and that was for a guy named Louis Sokolexi. I'm probably butchering his last name, but. He was a professional baseball player that played on the Cleveland Spiders from 1897 through 1899. And what was special about Lewis was that he was the first Native American to ever play the game of Major League Baseball. That's pretty... Uh, uh, he, he was the first one, so he's a, he a Native American player in Major League Baseball. First one ever. He was born on, on an Indian reservation in 1871, played Major League Baseball, made it all the way up to Major League Baseball and played. And he played for the Cleveland Spiders, which is what the Cleveland Indians inter, um, um, organization was before they were changed the name to the Cleveland Indians. So, you know, when he passed away, tragically, uh, they, they honored him by changing the name to the Cleveland Indians as a way to honor the first ever Native American. So, I'm trying to find out where that's racist. Is it because it's the name Indian? If it was the Cleveland indi- indigenous people, would that be better? Or the Cleveland people who were here first team? Like, I, I don't know how else you, you want someone to, to honor a man. Of course, you know, they, don't, they didn't have wokeism uh, back then, so I guess they couldn't really... Uh, um, Look at look at it through it through, through that lens, but I mean this was a way to honor him. This wasn't being disrespectful. This was a way to honor him. Said, "Hey, we're gonna name an entire organization after you and your people because you were the first one to break that barrier." And I don't think I I don't I mean I depends on who you ask, but is is, is Indian really that um that I don't know offensive? Still, because I mean, to me, it's not. To me, I mean, most uh, obviously, I don't. I don't find that as a slur. Is is it a slur? Because I've never considered it that. Maybe if you're extremely woke and, um, and you consider it that, I I don't know. But like, I don't know what else. I don't know how else they they honored a man the best way they could, and I, I think they did a fantastic job. It's it's literally named after somebody. So how is that racist? That's the, that's where I have the issue with this whole um it's it's racist or it's an, it's a controversial it's offensive to name a, could you imagine naming a team after a group of people ugh you know like you know, you like 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 the New York Yankees ugh you can't have that that's named after northern white people you can't you can't name a team after northern white people that's racist that's offensive 
the Atlanta Braves are named after Native Americans. Like we can we can go down the line of all of these groups that if, if we really really want to think about it like this, we could we could we could do it. So I I I, I struggle with this one. So I I just I just don't I don't get it. I don't get the controversy behind it. But then again, um, whenever everything's offensive and everything has to be um, canceled, this is what happens. So good luck with that. Um, but uh, they're going to be the Cleveland Indian, Indians. I, I, will, I will not refer to this baseball team as the Cleveland Guardians. And I don't really know who's asking for this change. Like, I, I, I still don't. Because whenever I go to every single comment thread, here's a comment right here. Should have been the Cleveland Rockers. That's a better name. Cleveland Rockers is a better name. <clears throat> you have an entire movie made after the Cleveland Indians called Major League. You could have picked something out of that. The Cleveland Wild Things is a better name than the Cleveland Guardians. I can't picture who wants this to change. Yeah, here's a comment right here. When are the Yankees going to be changed their names? As a northerner, I'm, I'm offended. Like what I like what I said on this. Because every single comment section I go to, it's disdain for this. They don't want this. Nobody wants this. I I don't. I I hope that they revert back to this. Because I mean, obviously it's not finalized. They haven't like, haven't like made uniforms yet. And they haven't like donned the new uniforms. But I really just I I look. I will not refer to this team as the Cleveland Guardians. That's stupid. Cleveland Rockers. I'll call them the Cleveland Rockers, but the Cleveland Guardians is dumb. <clears throat> because the Cleveland Rockers makes sense to what I said originally about rock and roll and about this living on with 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 the, with the history of music in the in the the city of Cleveland. Excuse me. Moving on. I got a. I got some. I got some good news here. I'm trying to lay off of the the talk of the Modillo virus because it's just so depressing sometimes. And sometimes, like I get it. Yes, I need to talk about new things. And I'm working on some stuff as far as like this Delta Airlines variant, um, this Delta Airlines plane version of the of the illness. I'm working on that. Still a lot of stuff that's coming out about it, as far as the medical procedure stuff like that. Um, all that's coming. So, but something I have some good news though. As someone who I'd consider myself a music snob, I, I would. I, I've, I've fully endorsed that. I stick my nose up at music that's trash and I don't like and uh, sue me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but there is some good news, and it's some good news from from one of the greats, um, Eric Clapton. If you don't know who Eric Clapton is, I I, I have pity upon you because um, the man is a is a living legend. In my opinion, one of if not the greatest guitar player to ever live. Um, I I can interchange him and him and um, Hendrix as far as just 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 raw ability, man. Just just like he's so he's so knowledgeable of the instrument, and um, he's just been around forever. And just, you know, Derek and the Dominoes and. Um, Cream and all of his other bands he's been in just just one one, one of the greats. Um, so here's a headline from Zero Hedge. It says, 
Um, Eric Clapton says he won't play at shows where Modillo virus medical procedure proof is required. You can take the slang that I'm using there and, and, and figure out what I'm trying to say. But basically, where you got to show proof, he's not going to play at shows where that's the case. Which, I when I, when I read this, I'm just like, bravo, man. Uh, this is, we need more of this. We need more of this. Um, it says here that Clapton said on Wednesday that he will refuse to perform at venues where proof of you-know-what is required after the Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced the introduction of the um, passport from September for certain events and venues. So basically, Boris Johnson, um, Clapton is, is, is English. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of England, basically came out and said, hey, you guys are going to prove, um, prove medical status of this, um, of this illness with a passport, and it goes into effect on, uh, in September for certain venues. And Clapton says, if that's the case, I'm not playing. I'm not going to play at shows like that. Here's what, here's what, he, here's what he said in, um, in response to that. Um, following the Prime Minister's announcement on Monday, the 19th of um, July, 2021, I feel honor-bound to make an announcement of my own. I wish to say that I will not perform on any stage where it is discriminated, where it is a discriminated audience is present. I reserve the right to cancel the show. He doesn't want the audience to be split up. He doesn't want somebody who, <clears throat> who has not undergone this for whatever reason. And Clapton's been pretty actually vocally against this procedure. Um, cause he got it. So he got the AstraZeneca version and he had a disastrous experiment. Um, he said he blames the propaganda for pushing this two dose, um, experiment on him is what he calls it. Uh, he had a pretty tragic experience from when I heard from it, kicked his butt. Um, and, and I think that he's done with it. And what I what I like about a lot of these musicians from this kind of... Because Clapton was big in the 60s. Big in the 60s and the early 70s. Kind of with that... Um, not really... He wasn't a part of really like the, the British invasion of like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Zombies and, and those kind of bands that came in the, 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 the early to mid 60s. But he was, a, he, was, he was big in the 60s. And... What I'm seeing is that from him and then guys like like Van Morrison, who I don't think Van, Van Morrison is a, is a libertarian at, at all. But Van Morrison put out a song uh, several months ago. I think it was last year. It was called No More Lockdowns. You can go listen to it. Basically, it's just a simple little song where it's just him and he's just like, no more lockdowns. He's just singing. singing that's what he's singing. He's like, you know, give, people, give folks their freedom back. And I see Clapton doing this, doing kind of the same thing here. And I, I kind of, comm- I kind of commend them a little bit. I mentioned this to to my family, other people all talking about this as well. <clears throat> Is that this kind of '60s generation, this hippie generation of freedom, that a lot of them spout and love and freedom. Um, thankfully, that's that's carrying over to now. Like the morals are the same. A lot of the hippie generation, um, you saw this with like. Um, the Beatles and um, a lot of a lot of those bands was this sort of freedom. They were against the Vietnam War, rightfully so. They got they got they got that one right. 
Uh, everyone else got that one wrong, but I mean, the hippies got got, got the Vietnam War right. They got um, they got war right. They got a lot of things right on all this regard. And I'm glad to see that the that the ones who kind of came from that generation, the ones who were actually you know believing it, are still right. Like I'm not saying that the entire generation is right because you know most of that generation is is pushing this fear. So I'm not trying to say that everybody in that I'm not I'm not generalizing the entire uh, generation from the 60s and the 70s, but I'm seeing some big people come out against this, and, I, and I'm kind of for it. I, I like to see this. And I think that's where libertarians um, kind of miss is, um, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, Clapton and Van Morrison are kind of not really in the niche of modern music today. They're kind of in their prime. No, sorry, they've their best years are behind them. Is what I'll try to say. But the way that they're able to kind of control art and culture still at their age um, is, is, a, is a testament to their ability and to their, and to their um, cred as musicians and as celebrities and as influencers in the music industry and just music in general. Um, is that, that's what libertarians need to do, is that to infect, infect culture in that way. So that way you, 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 can, that way you can say this and people listen. Cause like when when cause right cause when Clapton or Van Morrison opens their mouth, people tend to listen. Cause it's Clapton and Van Morrison, duh. But this this to me is a is a major, major major white pill. Because could could Clapton just go along with all this? Yeah, sure. He'd be not look, saying nothing and moving right along. Nothing bad would have happened to him as far as publicity. Or as far as um, his his ability to to play these shows, right? Because now that these booking agents are are looking at him, um, he he might take some heat from this, and he already is. I mean, he got he got destroyed on online for this. <clears throat> People saying he's not caring about his fans, and that if he really cared about his fans, he would make sure he'd go along with the with with the restrictions and blah blah blah. blah. So he took a risk. This is a risky statement to come out and say, which is why I will always praise this. I'll, I'll always come out in support of this. Because we need more of this. We need more people who deep down inside know this is all bullcrap and deep down inside know that, that these measures are hurting people more than they're helping people. There's a great post that, that Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald put up. Where, saying, saying saying the same thing that I'm saying, that um, I think he, he, he I think he gave the example of if we lowered the speed limit down 40 miles per hour on the highway, um, we would save thousands of lives, more than likely, because you know, traveling at a slower speed, less energy in the car. So when a car crashes, it, it you know, you much much easier much easier to just survive a fender bender at 25 than it is at 65. So you would save thousands of lives. But of course, no one would ever do that. Why? <clears throat> because the risk to benefit ratio is all out of whack. You would never be able to get anywhere going 25 miles per hour. And we all understand this. Everybody gets this, this, this concept of, of risks and benefits. Everybody understands this. You know why? Because we do it every single day. That's why... That's why we don't drive at 25 miles per hour on the highway everywhere we go. It's because for us, 
the risk of dying or the risk of severe injury, extremely small as that is, is not greater than than the benefit of getting there, of getting to where I need on time or quickly or having my entire life based around that time and that speed and that risk. We all understand this. Glenn points out, why don't we apply this to every... Why don't we apply this to the current situation with the illness? Well, Jacob, that's just putting people's lives at risk. Right, because a death of overdose or of depression or of an untreated illness or of starvation or the millions of lives affected by economic fallout, those lives and those deaths are far less tragic than one of, of 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 this illness. Of course, you know if, if your if your head's screwed on correctly, you know that every death is tragic, whether you died of a of, of a germ, or you died of an overdose, or you died of depression and you committed suicide, or you died of because hey you didn't hey you didn't go get that lump checked out back in March 2020, and oh. Boom, guess what? You got cancer now, and it's untreatable. Probably should have checked it a few months ago, and we probably could have treated it. But it, it's okay, though, because, hey, you didn't get sick with this, with, with this disease. So, so you should be grateful. Of course, no one thinks like that. Only a psychopath would think like that. People, but people don't understand that. And thankfully, we have good people like like Glenn Greenwald, who has their head screwed on right, and who's actually good in a lot of issues, who understands this concept and understands that that the risk to benefit ratio is way out of whack right now. And thankfully, we have people like Eric Clapton, who's coming out there and saying, hey, I'm not going to discriminate against my audience because if they've undergone this or not. If everyone wants to come together, if I'm playing a show, everyone's allowed. I don't care. Everybody's allowed. And if the venue doesn't want them to be there or the venue won't allow it, then I'm not playing. I'm not doing it. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I think I think I think that we, we need we need more of this, man. This is awesome. I uh I, I do love to see it, and um, I hope that uh, Clapton falls, falls through with this. And I, I don't I, look. I don't know what's going to happen with him as far as um, with with him touring. I know that he hasn't been touring as much because he's. I mean, he's like seventy five or something. He's, he's getting up there in age. But I want I want to see more of this, and I love this. Last thing I want to talk about was uh, there was a comment that was made. Um, and this is this is this is this is, is going to go out to my Republican friends who I I I look I feel that that is my 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 audience. That that's who I really really need need to target is the the quote unquote I hate this term but the Christian conservatives. I really feel that me and Joe this is this is our demographic to go out and reach. I don't think I don't think I'm I'm gonna be able to reach the the former lefty Democrat. I don't think I'm, I don't think I have the right knowledge. And I mean, I can talk to them. I've talked to plenty of them, and we have you know we can we can come to terms where we agree. 
Um, but I, I think that the Christian conservative, I hate that term, but that's who I really think I, I think it's really who me and Joe are the, the, the best suited to go out and reach and to go out and get. Um, that's why I've really tried to gear this show towards them because that's where I came from. You know, I mentioned that many times in this podcast that that's where, that's where me and Joe came from. So we understand, <clears throat> not to say how they think, but we understand the, what, what Gusto goes through their head and, and the arguments and the justifications for a lot of things. So I know best how to help people. I know best how to lead them towards liberty, which is which. The funny thing is that that's ultimately what many, what many of them want. They just don't know it, or they've been going through the motions where you have to vote Republican because you know they're the Liberty Party, and that's where sometimes it hurts. And I have to call them out and say, no, they're not. All this government expansion, everything, all this happened under Republican power. They did nothing to stop it. <clears throat> it's like a, it's it's like what Michael Malice says: conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit. Oh, we're not like those those Democrats. They're going eighty down the highway. I'm only going seventy five. I, I, I'm following the speed limit. It's like what you're still headed towards statism. Like it doesn't matter what speed you're going. You're still headed that direction. You should be going in reverse seventy five miles per hour. I don't care. I don't care who's going fast, which one. It depends on where you're going, and that's where the problem. And that's where this party is going. <clears throat> so, oh gosh, that was loud. Excuse me, my throat is really dry. So I've I've got an article here that came across my my feed, and it it struck me out because it's someone that I really wish that I really wish that conservatives. I'm I'm talking to the conservatives right now. I really wish that a lot of them would listen to people who necessarily they don't agree with um but they're they're right in a lot of things like us like i say i think that glenn greenwald is the best journalist in the world right now i truly do i think he's the best i don't think i think there's anyone better than him i think that him matt taibbi michael tracy all these guys are just uh the league above the, the rest so much so that I, you know, I'm a part of Glenn's uh, Substack. You know, I subscribe to it because because whatever he writes, people listen, and whatever he writes, I know is going to be. I trust him. I think that he's going to be right because he has a he has some of the best track records on this, and he's usually right about nearly everything when it comes to this. As we're seeing right now with this whole, he he's the one that came out and called this whole um, domestic war on terror. What are we seeing? <laughs> Seeing articles of domestic war on terror being presented. Anyways, point I'm trying to say is that guys like Taibbi and, and Greenwald, they're all progressive lefties. You know, economically, we have no relation. No relation whatsoever. If I were to sit down and talk if I were to sit down and talk Austrian economics to him, you know, he'd call me silly and he would talk about whatever I'm kind of um socialist thing that he was talking about and of course we would not agree but what we do agree is holding the powerful accountable and another guy that i i love to death is a guy called jimmy Dore, who i've mentioned on the show many many times and it's somebody who republicans of course will sit there and jimmy's all for um you know this whole like medicare for all and free college 
I'm not for that. And we can we would have plenty of disagreements, and I'm sure it'd be a very substantive de- debate if I were to ever talk to him. He's an incredibly intelligent guy. But just because I don't agree with him on on economic issues doesn't mean I can't disagree with. Doesn't mean I can't not agree with him on issues of holding the government accountable and calling out the hypocrisy and calling out the corruption. This is what he does, and he does it better than some better than anybody I know. One of the best. And one of the reasons why I also like Jimmy Dore is because he goes on his shows like Tucker, like Tucker Carlson, who's the biggest conservative. No, sorry, the biggest um, show on cable news happens to be one of the you know the leading voice as far as conservatism on Fox News and on on TV in general. Tucker's the biggest; doesn't get much bigger than that. Could you imagine? Anybody else going on a Tucker show and having an honest conversation? By the way, Glenn Greenwald goes on there all the time, too. So you have Glenn Greenwald and you have Jimmy Dore, two progressive lefties who have who Tucker and him normally would disagree on numerous things. But you know what they do? They find the common agreements. They find what really, really matters right now. And they talk about it. And they agree on that. Because they understand that the infighting as far as you know um as far as some of these some of these smaller issues it really doesn't it, it, this is this this is a minute issue it's an issue yes and it's important but it's so minute compared to to the grand scheme of things right right we're talking about corruption and murders murderers and thieves that occupy the halls of congress and the white house so that's what we're talking about right here so yes we we can talk about whether or not um, whether or not we should have a single payer system, a totally lost a fair system, we 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 can talk about that, and it's interesting debate and it's interesting conversation. I think that, and it's important we talk about that. It's important we have that that conversation, that debate. But they, the people in power, want to keep us only on that. Why? Because it divides us, right? If if they can. If they can get half the country divided on single payer and half the country divided on not, or half the country on free college and half of them on not, and, and, and just keep us fighting, guess who ends up winning that fight? The people in charge, the powerful. But there are some people on both sides who, who've, who've unlocked this new, figured out that this, that this is the master plan. As long as they can keep us fighting then they win in the end. So, Tucker, Tucker had on Jimmy Dore, and here's the headline for Fox News. It says, Progressive comedian Jimmy Dore calls out the R&D oligarchy. You're voting for Goldman Sachs and Raytheon, he said. Look, Jimmy is dead on when it comes to this, 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 di- this um, duopoly oligarchy system that we have now. Here's, here's what he has to say. He, um, Jimmy Dore, of course, supported Bernie Sanders and then criticized him during the election because he was just, you know, virtue signaling the whole time. Caved on all of his issues and virtue signaled. Rightfully so. Imagine that. Imagine supporting a candidate and having enough integrity to call them out when they do something wrong instead of just sticking by them the entire time and turning your back against them whenever they turned against their own agenda. Imagine that. I, I know it's, it's, inc- it's incredible. He said that we live in a, we live in an oligarchy that are that are unaccountable to the American people. 
It's all signals, but there's no substance. We're signaling that we can help minority community, but not actually helping them. When he's talking about Biden and the and the, and the current Democrats. <laughs> Here's what he had to say. He said, so what's identical? So what identically? <sighs> Jacob, <laughs> speak. So that's what identity politics is. It's a big diversion. And the joke I say, you know. Is if it were 1860, the, the Democrats would have been arguing about the first transgendered slave owner. <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> it's true. Oh, my gosh. And Jimmy is, when it comes to the war, man, he is he is rock solid. When it comes to the war, he's rock solid on this. You know, we're, we're bombing all of these third world countries, the, the poorest countries in the world. We're bombing. But, you know, now that we have a black man behind the helm is in uh um so lloyd austin is is the secretary of defense uh now it's okay right because you know a black man's pushing the button instead of a, instead of instead of an evil white man that, do you hear yourself sometimes talk about talk about like this oh my gosh or there was um another photo i saw where it was um i think it was the intelligence community or um some type of defense department. It, it, it was. It was like. It was like all minority and women. And do you remember those memes that came out whenever Biden won the election? It was like. It was like the drone, and it was covered in like in like the um, BLM and the rainbow flag and like you know like the whole BLM fist and um, you know the Black Lives all that kind of stuff was all covering this drone and while it while it airstriked a, you know a wedding in Afghanistan or whatever or Yemen. And um, people, it was it was a funny meme, but it's true now. <laughs> you have this this incredibly diverse cabinet of you know minorities and women, and okay, you got that. We're still bombing people in the third world. We're still causing war crimes in the third world, in the Middle East. So what's changed? Is because you have a different person at the helm. <clears throat> Nothing's changed. It's all identity politics. They had no intention of changing everything. You know what they did with the whole wokeism and why this is all a plot? It's to distract you guys. It's to keep us fighting about this. The Cleveland Indians baseball team, great example. They would rather keep fighting about the Cleveland Indians baseball team and and whether or not Aunt Jemima is racist and whether or not the, the Quaker Oats man is racist to Quakers if they're still around. They'd rather just keep fighting about that. Never mind the fact that we're committing war crimes in the Middle East. Millions dead at the hands of us. Never mind that. What the, what the big issue in America is? Whether or not someone kneeled at the national anthem. Oh, the humanity, the tragedy. That's the big issue. You need to have a whole Fox News, a whole CNN segment about that. Fox News said it's wrong. Boom, CNN's going to do a rebuttal. There's your evening news. Did you learn anything? Are you well informed? Do you feel like you're a better person because you've listened to some idiots on the television tell you about how important it is to care or not to care about someone kneeling for the national anthem? Or, the character or mascot on a box of pancake mix. Do you feel enlightened by this subject that we have all graced you with? Whether or not the racist connotations of a... Baseball team, logo, and mascot. Do you feel like you are a better person because of this? Do you feel that you are enlightened because of this conversation? 
either side. Are oh you're not you're not enraged by this? Well, you're probably a racist then. Oh, you are enraged by this? Well, you're on the right side of history, according to some people. Do you see the problem here, folks? Do you see the issue that I'm trying to present to everybody? As long as they keep us fighting, as long as they can keep us at each other's throats on things that don't freaking matter. Yes, I did 20 minutes on the Cleveland baseball team. Just because I don't want them to change the name. I'd rather them not. Does it matter? No. I wanted to mention it because I had some ideas to improve the team. And I wanted to get I want to set the record straight about it. Does them changing it to the to the Cleveland Guardians have any bearing on my life at all? No. Do I care? Not particularly. I just wanted to say my piece about it, and that is it. I do not care. I will not boycott the team. I will not do anything like that. You know why? Because the bigger issue at hand is what Jimmy Dore is trying to tell us right here in this article. I will link it down below. You guys can go watch the segment as well. Dore called out the Washington establishment for being beholden to corporate interests. No matter their populist rhetoric on the Democrat side, he argued many voters um, captivated by certain are um, captivated by certain politicians. However, Dore argued, they often end up disappointed when their candidates align with Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi in the corporate interests of the enormous defense contractors Raytheon or the Wall Street Wall Street tit- Titan Goldman Sachs. That's who you're voting for. There's a whole uh, article about how um, all of these industries that Nancy Pelosi is trying to regulate she really owns stock in. So if you're trying to hurt these industries, trying to you know steal money from them, why are you buying stock in these in these companies? That would be like me saying, hey, we're going to regulate the coal industry out of business, but I'm going to buy a bunch of stock in coal. Does that make any sense? Or, hey, we need to get rid of fossil fuels, but I'm going to own millions of dollars in Chevron and Exxon. Does that make a lot of sense? So when you're voting for someone inside the Democratic Party, Dorr says, you're voting for Goldman Sachs and Raytheon. I I can't argue with that. He's 100% true. And the moment that people realize this on both sides, because here's the thing, right? The thing is that solid-minded people on both sides agree on more than they agree on more than they disagree. I've always said this. I really do feel the average person has when you break it down, you break down the tribal red and blue um R&D and you when you really break this all down. People who are not completely indoctrinated and people who are not completely um sealed to one side for whatever reason, whether it be your uh you're, you're totally woke out. You're totally woked out college student or professor, or you're completely um, so GOP crazy people on the right. When you really break this down, I really think that people agree on more than, than they disagree. I, I, I truly do. And even if they don't, I think that a lot of people, when when asked about it, like here's someone I always say to people, um. I try to find them one issue, one issue that is like a non-negotiable issue. Um, for myself, it's abortion. Could be controversial here, 
I'm pro-life all the way. Uh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't see any gray area on this issue. A lot of people agree with me. A lot of people don't. Okay. Here's what I will say, though. Abortion is the one issue where there, it's, there, there's not exactly like someone on the fence. Someone's like, I don't know if I'm really pro-choice or pro-life. I, 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 I've not, I've not made, it, made, it, made up my mind yet. And there's not somebody who's like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an abortion centrist. <laughs> no, you're, you're either uninformed on the issue or you pick a side. And there's very, very few people that are uninformed on that issue. People are pretty divided on this issue, which I think, I think is a great issue to talk about when it comes to this next thing I'm going to talk about. When we don't have things in common that we can agree on and we can't come together on, what's the other solution? Divorce. Right? We can separate. We can say, hey, on this abortion issue, there can be no debate. There can be no agreement, And that's how it is on both sides. Because it's kind of a big issue. Like, I mean, let's just be honest. It's kind of a kind of a major issue on both sides. I tell people, I say, do you want to have a structure in place where someone has the ability to enact this issue that you disagree with, whether it be abortion or something else? Of course, people would say no, right? And it's not like abortion where you can, like, like I said, there's no centrist position on this. You're either pro-life or you're pro-choice. It's the most clear-cut issue I can think of when it comes to the most popular um, political issues facing America. Uh, That's a pretty good issue, if you truly believe in all that, to have some kind of national divorce over, right? I don't want to live with people who think it's okay to to go against what I believe on this issue, as if they probably don't want to live with my views as well. Hey, that that's that is that is okay. That that go, I I don't go go leave me divorce. That's what we need in this society because there's some issues though where we're 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 never going to agree. And sometimes you know hey that's okay because then you know in a place where we can all come together on these issues where we do agree. There's the, there's there's not that other side to to take it away. If I'm trying I'm trying to make sense with that, because to 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 make people live together in this situation is like having a a household that is completely um rotten and toxic and just has to break free. All right, in, in America, we are all forced to live together. On all these issues. And every four years it is this massive culture war. That is a a soft civil war. Every four years. Why? Because the government is so powerful. And they don't really give a crap about you and your feelings. That we feel it necessary to enact this soft civil war for control. Because these culture issues like abortion are so serious. We find it so incredibly serious. Right? Why did we elect Trump for that precious Supreme Court seat? Right? They said, hey, we can overturn Roe v. Wade if we only get that Supreme Court seat. Well, buddy, you got three. Where's Roe v. Wade overturned? I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting, bro. 
Oh, if we you have to vote Republican, Jacob, in your and your Senate and your House elections. If we only get if we only get one majority in the Congress, we'll overturn Roe v. Wade, Jacob. You have to. If you don't vote for Republican, then you're voting for pro-choice, Jacob. Oh, you can't be for that. Well, we had uh, the Supreme Court, the presidency, and both chambers of Congress. Nothing happened. These people don't care about you. They don't. Both sides. I use the abortion issue because that is the most universal issue when it comes to Christian conservatives. Like I, I, I hard person to find a, a, a pro-choice um, Christ follower out there. Hard pressed. Pretty, pretty, pretty tricky to find someone. These people don't care about you. They don't. They're beholden to their corporate overlords and their donors. That's who they're beholden to. They couldn't give a crap about you. They couldn't care anything about their issue. They will only care about their issue, about your issue, or a cultural issue, if it means they get reelected or it means they get benefited monetarily somehow. That's all they care about. Look no further than the Defense Department on this issue. Most diverse Defense Department probably ever. You got a black man at the helm, Lloyd Austin. Sat on the board of Raytheon. There's definitely no con- there's definitely no conflict of interest right there. You know, I am not for the the picks of the def- the picks in the action of the Defense Department. Oh, Jacob, you're just you're just racist because the guy's black, and and that's why you don't like what he's doing. No, I don't like what he's doing because he's bombing children in the Middle East. Eh, yeah. They don't care about you. None of them do. It's all a show. The wokeism, the fact that people realize this, the fact that we can come together and we can say, we're done. We're done with all this. It's over. Because we can't continue on like this anymore. And I think that the more of that, this, this, this is kind of a, it's a gloomy message, but the bright side is I think people are beginning to wake up to it. You know, I, I, I every person that I talk to these days who voted for Kemp and voted for Trump said we're done. I'm done. I can't find hardly anybody that I know in my, you know, close group of people that I, that I associate with who voted for these, these are these are big big Trump supporters. They said, "Yeah, I'm done with Kemp. I'm done with with the Republican Party. I'm done. They have done. They have they've ruined it with Trump. Trump and all them ruined it for me." I tell them about Shane Hazel. Man, they love it. They're like, "Hey, isn't that what isn't that what the Republican Party is supposed to be?" I'm like, "Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's what that's what they claim to be." Shane's the real deal, man. He's gonna look. I, I, the more and more that I, I tell people about what he believes in and what he wants to do for the state of Georgia, the more they like him. Their biggest concern is that can he get elected? I'm like, hey, that's where let's get to start, start spreading the message. I do my personal life, I do it through the microphone on this show, I do it online, I do it in per. I look, we gotta get people knowing about him. Got to get his name out there. We got to get the message of liberty out there. We got to make liberty cool. 
and trendy. You know, that fortunately we have the upper hand of being counterculture, which I think is 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 big and huge for us. But man, we we gotta we gotta get out there. You know, I, I have this incredible platform um, that I reach a couple, I reach a few people with this podcast. Best way of this podcast out there, man, just share with your friends. Just get it out there. You know, there's something that something you something, something and you can find and probably in each episode that you can go, hey, I. I've been thinking this my entire life, or I've always had um, a question about this. You've just answered it. I, I guarantee you there's somewhere in our in our catalog of shows. Go back, find one, find a topic that that you're like, hey, I was curious about, you know, what the crap was going on with this issue. You know, we 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 might be able to help with that. I don't claim to be the smartest libertarian. I don't claim to be the smartest person on liberty. But man, I, I will be honest, and and I will always strive for freedom and for liberty, and I will always give you my honest opinion and the best white pill, um, answer red pill. That's I'm just I'm all about that. I I, I want to see just you know, you know I I'm all for peace, peace and love, and that that's what this is about, and that's what honestly what what liberty is all about is just peace, leaving folks alone. That's what I'm about. What are you about? Let me know. Follow me on Twitter. Let me know what you're all about. Folks, that is going to be the podcast, episode number 99. Ah, oh, man. 100 on Monday. If you want to listen to the 100th episode on Monday, maybe, I don't know what we're doing on Monday. We're, we're, we're going to be a surprise. I think we might do something fun. I don't know what Joe's plans are for Monday, but maybe we'll do something cool. If not, it'll be a normal episode. If that's not enough, man... I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, episode number 99. Check back on Monday for a new episode, episode number 100 of the Standing Brothers Show. Go check out Joe's show, The Joe Show. I think he talked about the plot to um, kidnap Gretchen Whitmore, the governor of Michigan, was actually um, entrapment done by the FBI. Pretty interesting stuff. Joe kind of digs into it. Go check, out, go check out the Joe Show. That happens every Wednesday. Every Friday and every Monday is the Standing Brothers Show. And then Liberty Overdrive Live is on Fridays or Saturdays, depending on um, if, if YouTube allows me to stream or not. That's another thing as well. YouTube decides I'm allowed to stream. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. All the links will be down in the description as well as links to the things that articles that I mentioned in the pot in the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this. Be sure to follow on Spotify. Leave us a comment on on um, a comment, but leave us a rating on Apple, on um, Apple Podcasts, and I will catch you guys all later on Monday. Take it easy.